You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. Of course you know that if you've been listening to the podcast series for the few years that I've been doing it, and I really appreciate that if that is the case, that you've done it. So there you go. Anywho, the interview subject coming up for your listening pleasure is Dan Beeler, and he's the vocalist and drummer in long-running Canadian speed metal stalwarts, Exciter. The reason for the conversation with Dan is to talk up the band's appearances in Australia with the Evergreen Venom Inc. And I'll read out some dates. Canberra, you get a show on Wednesday the 10th of June. Sydney, you've got one on Thursday the 11th at Crowbar. It's a good venue, that one there on Parramatta Road. Brizzy, we get a show on Friday 12th of June at Woolly Mammoth. I don't know about that venue, to be honest with you people, but whatever. Melbourne, Saturday 13th of June is your show at Northcote... SC, whatever that means. And uh, the final show is at Adelaide, shut up Siri, at um, on the f- at Enigma on Sunday the 14th of June. So there you go. And here he is, Mr. Dan Beeler, the drummer and vocalist in Exciter. Hey, Dan, it's Andy McKay-Smith calling for a chat. How are you going? Good. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm good, mate. Good. Yeah, how's the, how's the calls been going with us uh Indie genotypes from Australia. They've been going great, really good, one after the other. Uh, really good interviews. Has the has the interest and in, and the fan awareness fan awareness of what you guys are doing? Does it surprise you at all, given you haven't toured here? It's it, it's like that all over the world, and yes, uh, hmm. it, it's it's crazy. Um, it seems the, a lot of the old fans come back, but a lot of younger people too. Hmm. There's a real buzz about uh, about Exciter, and it's it's pretty cool. We're so looking forward to it. Yeah, look, it's it's such a wonderful time to be alive at the moment, really, isn't it? I know all the negative bullshit, if you look at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all the rest of it, you know, we're led to believe that we're either going to burn alive or the world's going to drop off its axis. But, you know, being, yeah. a, being a fan of heavy metal, mate, you know, when I think back to when I was a teenager and a young adult in the late 90s, it wasn't unfathomable to think that metal was going to go away completely in other words go completely underground and there was going to be very few shows and even fewer tours because that's certainly how it was when i was a young fella but look you know that that point you made earlier mate you know here we are in 2020 and thank god for the internet and the ability for fans to bypass traditional gatekeepers such as bloody awful record companies and agents and all the rest of the bullshit and we can listen to the music we want which means we listen to bands like exciter you know, and of course, you, yeah. you're coming here finally after all of these years. Um, yes. You know, so we must have been a territory that had been on your radar for some time. I don't, and I know that it's probably true for a lot of the world, but, you know, you do have some diehard fans here in Australia. So, um, oh, man, for sure. Yeah, you know, what's, what I sort of... I remember getting a lot of fan mail in the early 80s hmm. from, uh, you know, the old school where you go to the post office and get pick up a, your, your fan mail. And yeah, correspondence with with the Aussie fans all through Exciter, and uh, finally we get to go. It's it's crazy that we haven't been there, and um, everybody's been there, and we've all heard the stories. And when when the opportunity came up to to play with Venom Inc., it just makes it so much more old mm. school and such a cool package. And um, for us too, that we're so excited and uh, just to be able to meet the fans down there and, and play for them and, and do those old songs. It's, it's pretty surreal. We're so looking forward to it. 
and yeah, you know, I said we play, we do it all over the world, but yeah, so Australia, my whole life, you know, even in the eighties, are you going to Australia? Are you going? Hmm. And the past five years, it's come up constantly, and it's like finally it's here. So it's um, it's it's pretty cool in the course of the Exciter names history. It's it's a first. Yep. And um, for us, it's all about the shows and and meeting the fans for the first time. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's such good. That's great to hear, mate. And look, I know you you rejoined the band around 2014 or thereabouts, having been out since um, really the late 80s. I know there was an album there in the in the um, 1992. But will you be performing cuts just from the first six albums, given they're the ones that you're most well known for? Um, we're doing stuff just from the first four albums. Um, okay. Uh, plus a song called World War Three which was the very first song that got Exciter on the map worldwide. And it came out um, a year before Heavy Metal Maniac. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, various songs. And we used to just do the first three albums. But now that uh, we have a new guitarist and you John do. Ritchie's out yeah. and um, we can do uh, stuff from the Unveiling the Wicked album. So um, we do uh, most of the fan favorites. And uh, like I said, it'll be like a night in 1983, 83 <laughs> to 85. Anyway. Yeah, I can't wait. I had a chat to the guys in Benamink a couple of years back, all fantastic guys. You know, you probably know oh, the guys yeah. really well, but it's just going to be such a great You know tour. what? I, I've, I've never met them, to tell you the truth, but I'm mm. really, really looking forward to it. Mate, you won't have an issue at all with those guys. They are honestly. I've done over five hundred of these interviews. You know, you know the person that I spoke to literally before you is Al Dimiola to give you an idea of the span that I cover, and and, and Al was fantastic. But the guys in Venom, well, I just got Venom. You know, I know there's two versions of it going around yeah, these days. Everybody but, does. Yeah, yeah, but they are some yeah. of the nicest guys. You know, uh, Demolition Man is yeah, he, that's what I hear. Yeah, really, just genuine salt of the earth blokes from Northern England, you know, and they just oh, that's great because we're the same except for Canadians, so you know <laughs> we're pretty quiet. We usually get along with everybody. I can tell, yeah, I can tell, and uh, you know, look, you mentioned um, you know World War Three there, the cut that you're going to be playing, yes. and and you know when I think of the term speed metal, I actually think of you guys. Always have, you know, you guys were yeah. the first band that really bought this sound to the masses, if you like, because not many people are probably aware, but you recorded your debut a full six months prior to Metallica entering the studio for yeah. Kill em All. So really yourselves and Exodus is really where it starts. And you, you really, yeah. the, the, the DNA of speed, thrash, even death, and I'd even go so far as to say black metal because black metal's influenced by all this stuff, has the DNA of Exciter in it. But I guess my question for you after all that is, can you identifiably hear Exciter's influence in so much of the thrash? Oh, yeah, you're right. Here and there, yes. Uh, there was, I can, over the years, it's been pointed out to me, and I've heard it, and bands come up and tell me, including some very famous death metal bands, which it's an honor for, for them, you know, for me, for them to come up, and mm. it's all about, the, they all have, of course, the Heavy Metal Maniac album, but... Uh, I was doing some low kind of death metal overdub vocals on those albums, which was back then it wasn't a dominant thing, but it was way back in the mix. Hmm. And um, yeah, we were the first to do a lot of different things that bands over the years um, picked up on and, and, 
and took it uh, for sure. We've influenced a lot of people. Me both as a drummer, as a writer, and mm. as a singer, I, I get cornered sometimes at the hotel, you know, how the fuck do you do that? Or cornered as a drummer, not that I'm fucking Dave Lombardo or anything, but... <laughs> um, and and then I get cornered by singers, and not that I'm a great singer, but whatever the hell I do together baffles people, and uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, the fact that I can still do it in 2020, um, you know, every day mm. is... Uh, Every day is is a gift, and and really looking forward to it. Yeah, I was. It's interesting you mentioned that about you playing and singing at the same time. I'm in a I'm in like a covers band, so you know, jazz, pop band sort of thing. And our drummer yeah. does a lot of the singing as well. And I, I, it's such a unique skill to have. And look, we're playing fairly laid back music at weddings and you know Friday nights for people to be there accompanying, but to getting drunk. But but you, <laughs> but mate, I, I was looking at some of the videos, some of the GoPro stuff that was taken side of stage by yeah. fans of you performing and singing. Holy shit, you're yeah. a fit guy to do what you do. Is truly, it's very engaging what you do. Just watching you by yourself is actually a show unto itself so um it's, uh, you, yeah it's fucking hard yeah it made it looks made it's it looks impossible to be quite honest with you so was it something that came easy and you just had to refine it or is it not like oh, that at God, all no it never came easy it, it it came i mean i've been doing it for so many fucking years but even when i was 20 um i started when i was 17 the drum and sing i was forced into it because mm -hmm. John and Al couldn't sing, and then I sang an ACDC song, and the roadies went, oh, fuck, he's the singer, and okay, I'll do it for now, and then that went up to Heavy Metal Maniac, and I guess I'm the singer-drummer, but <laughs> yeah, it's uh, something, oh my God, man. You have to have massive lungs. I think I've expanded my lungs yes. doing it, but hmm. um, at 57, doing a 90-minute show, I put everything into it and it kills me, but I remember being 2021 20, having that same feeling. I, I created something that is fucking hard to do, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. I get, I get a lot of joy out of it. I love it. I, I always felt that metal has to be played to the fucking max. Um, I scream and play and hit my fucking drums hard. Um, and it just forces me to do it. I wrote songs that, I have, it's, everything is forced and aggressive. There's no one song in the set where, okay, man, you know, here's where Dan gets his break, because there is no break. We do Black Witch, and it's a slow song, but it's still fucking hard to do because there's a million roles, and, and like I said, I'm not Dave Lombardo, but doing both at the same time, um, it's, I'm pretty fucked after a show. Hmm. But it's, um, it's all, it's all, uh, it's all great, man. I love it. I, I, I would never want to do anything else, but, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's pretty freaky. Um, uh, I don't know. I can't really explain how I do it. I have to split my brain sometimes. Sometimes I don't even know my body's drumming because I have to think about the singing and then vice versa. And I go through a lot of shit up there. There's a lot on my plate. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. You remind me of a singing Tommy Aldridge. You've always given me that vibe. Holy fuck. Well, yeah. thank you very much, but I mean, I couldn't even tie his shoelaces as a drummer, <laughs> but thank you. Oh, I think you, you can, know, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> You're a very good drummer. I always, uh, oh, thank you, buddy. Um, because I started singing at a young age, of course, I had to simplify my drumming to sing. So I always tried in between to do the best they could. And um, 
you know, with, mm. with how much breath I had left to sing and drum and, and stuff. But at the end of the day, it was all about the song and uh, what the song needed. And, um, and I wrote songs that I had to scream and, because that's what I did. I wasn't really a great singer, but I could scream. Not that everything's a scream, but mm-hmm. um, it's uh, it's an aggressive singing style and an aggressive drumming style. That Definitely, I still do yeah. today, and I still love it. Yeah, yeah. So you you actually you rejoined the band in two thousand and fourteen um, after quite a yeah. quite a hiatus. I mean, I know there was that album in nineteen ninety two, but there was a late eighties, and then the band sort of kept on going from about nineteen ninety four or thereabouts until you came back in and released some albums. So, so what what were you doing in between that period of time? Were you just working, or were you playing in other bands as well? Well, between ninety three, I left John in ninety three, and then um, in nineteen ninety nine. Uh, I started my, uh, or in between there, I had kids hmm. and uh, I didn't want to go on the road and make 50 bucks a week anymore. So yep. I had to uh, take care of my kids. And then in 1999, John's still not excited going, but I started my own band and called it Beeler. Okay. And Al Johnson was with me for a while. And uh, I just did some early demos and never played live until 2008. And, um, did a few shows around the world over the next few years with Beeler. And um, I was sitting there debating on whether I was going to do a second Beeler album when the reunion came up. And uh, so Al and I joined John in 2014. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, look, I've got young kids myself, two young daughters, mate, and I couldn't imagine being on the road you know, in that environment and then having to come home and play dad all over again. I don't know. I know a lot of people do it, but I know I couldn't do it for a fact. You know, I'll tell you, um, even as far back as when we toured with Motorhead and Merciful Fate in in 1984. Okay. Hmm. I had a kid when he was pretty young and, um, I can remember being on the road with Al and he's just fucking heartbroken because he misses his kid. And Hmm. fuck, I was a kid and I, I couldn't understand why Hey man, everything's okay. Oh, I miss my kid, and you know, I had two little girls at home, and I just I couldn't do it. Plus, the exciter, we weren't making a lot of money, and I wouldn't have been able to send a lot of money home, and uh, I had to I had to stay here for them. And at that point, I was fed up with the music business, anyways. I don't blame you. Yeah, it's a tough one back in those days. Yeah, but I mean, at Grunge least it came in and fucked. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. But I suppose at least in the 80s, and I've had this conversation with Kurt from Metal Church, at least it gave you guys like a foothold. You know, you were a global name at that because of the work you did yeah. in the 80s, which now gives you a career now. I think it's it's almost impossible for bands to start now, and there's so fucking many of them. My God, the amount of stuff I get sent. Oh my, can you imagine? Oh, my fucking oh. God. Like, yeah, I can't imagine. We came right at the tail end of there was still something you could do that was new, and there was names to grab onto, and there was... Like, my brother was a huge influence on the band, and he came up with Heavy Metal Maniac. He wrote the lyrics to Under Attack, and all kinds of stuff, and he, he mentored us through those first albums, and Back when he came up with Heavy Metal Maniac, hmm. he I remember him saying to me, going, write that down, you dummy. Like, fuck, if you don't, somebody in the fucking world's going to take that, man. So, hmm. you know, Long Live the Loud and Violence and Force, and we jumped on Stand Up and Fight, Pounding Metal, and my brother taught me how to write 
outside the box and think of shit that before other people do, man. And, and yeah. we jumped on a lot of, a lot of stuff and we were first on it because of him. And you're right. What the fuck do you do today? Like we're writing a new, a new album and, um, I, I still rack my brain. I'm writing all the lyrics for the album, which is great. It's going to be pure exciter, mm-hmm. but I keep thinking about my brother, you know, be different. Think of something those other dummies can't think about, you know, and, <laughs> but you're right, man. There's so many fucking bands and so, holy Jesus. And, and, but a lot of the problem is too. And I tell them, try to do something different. I know it's hard, but fucking try to stand out. Don't yeah. try to sound like your favorite band because there already is one of them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them make the mistake of, Hey man, I want to sound exactly like this. Well, why? Mm. and you write like them and you have a singer like them well fuck man be it's hard but try to do something different because jesus there's so many of them it's it it would be so hard for you got to hold on to the dream man because there's a filter Mm -hmm. system and if you're good sometimes you don't even have to be a great musician the chemistry of the band and what you write hit a fucking nerve Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden these kids guess what Greta Van Fleet, you know, oh, it yes. happens yep. and, and you got to live your dream. You can't discourage them, but fuck me. It's a different world now, man. Mm. Yeah, it, look, it is. And, and what you're saying is so true about what your brother said to you about doing something and finding something that's a bit different before the internet became the massive thing that it is these days in the uh, early 2000s, I was trying to get uh, originals bands together. And uh, it, it probably, I'm, it's, the easiest way I can describe the sound that I was mining was a cross between Iron Maiden and Primus, unbelievably, because I do a lot of slap bass stuff. And um, literally right. every second asshole turned up and said, oh, I want to join a band that sounds like Limp Biscuit." And I was thinking to myself, because I was about 22 or 23 by that stage, like, this isn't going to last. Like, this is only for the yeah. here and now. It's it's not going to... Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm actually surprised that they've even still touring and still, you know, got a... Yeah, but there is somewhere. a Limp Bizkit, and yes, they stuck out. But yeah, you're right. And then you get these people that fall into it, and they just want to be the next fucking Limp Bizkit, and they want to play all fucking... Then they start writing like that, and you're mm. right. It's like, snap out of it, man. Fuck. Yeah, you got you just got to be yourself, like what you guys were. And look, if it happens, it happens. And if it if it doesn't, well, you know, so what? You know, you, you're not the one in one million that made it, like what you guys are. And it's literally they are the odds. And I, I don't think kids yeah. are are as aware of that. So they, it, it, it was even a recent conversation I think I had with someone, and they were talking about getting signed. And I'm like, it's not 1992 for God's sakes. It's 2020. Yeah. Getting signed, do everything yourself, and book little shows around town. I mean, where I am in Northern Gold Coast here, there are no shows around here, but there are heaps of youth, right? And so, if some enterprising young individual or band wanted to put their own show on, I don't know, because we live in the cane fields around here, in one of the bloody sheds where they do the cane field thrashing, and you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, just do it, just go forth and do it. You know, I know there's consideration about insurance premiums and all sort of bullshit, but I mean, yeah. if you don't actually put shows on, if you don't actually go there and do it, you won't know who's out there and and who can actually participate as a fan and listen to this stuff with you. You know, there's there's no exactly. there's no point trying to sound like um, I mean I don't know who the big bands are these days. The kids listen to I don't even think the kids listen to rock and metal anymore, do they? You know, it's us over thirties. I'm forty one, so yeah. of course I'm dyed in the wool. But a lot of the kids these days, and I don't believe it is the case. But if the media is to be believed, it's all fucking urban music and hip hop. 
which I can't stand. Yeah. You know, it's just so yeah, exactly. beyond saying all that bullshit. You know, I mean, I, I, I listen to Aretha Franklin. I truly listen to the greats, you know, and, um, yeah. and she, you know, Ronnie Spector, you know, Diana Ross, yeah. you know, that's it. Oh, definitely. It doesn't have to be metal. I mean, I listen to all different kinds of fucking music, but usually it's the old shit. Back, man, in the 70s and 80s, and 60s, 70s and 80s, man, the fucking songwriting was just unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. Yeah. Right across the board. There was so many good fucking bands. Yeah. Um, and, and you can you can mine them you know, all now. I was just talking to that with with our, about that sort of thing with Al just earlier. We we're talking about the stuff that he did with John McLaughlin and Paco de Lucia, and I said, "Well, um, Al, you do realise that I feel people are going to be studying your music the way that they study Beethoven, Bach, and these sorts of European composers because your music is actually essential to humanity at one level." You know, I mean, yeah. this is stuff that people will pick up and they're drawn to it, you know. I mean, I'm, I clearly listen to Al and also you guys. So that says something. And there's a lot of shitload of people out there like me. We're not really can be pigeonholed. We're just music yeah. fans and we, we're drawn to That's great the music. That's thing, man. It's like going into a fucking library and signing out the same book every week. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like there's mm. so much. You don't have to like everything. But holy fuck, me as a writer... And, you know, I find mostly, not at all, but some heavy metal fans and some of my friends, actually, are mm -hmm. tunnel vision. Fucking metal, fucking metal, fucking metal. And they'll listen to, like, four bands and that's it. Hmm. And it's like, man, you're losing out on a fucking world of music. And if I don't put genres of music in my brain, Exciter's not going to come out like Exciter, man. I, I wrote those early albums thinking of shit that would blow your mind that has nothing to do with metal or that's what sparked me to write the song or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's different things. Back in the day, talking to Joey DeMaio in 1984, he goes, fuck go. all that shit, man. Other than Black Sabbath, it's all fucking garbage. He goes, we listen to classical shit. And you fill your brain and Mustaine too. Yes. You've got to put stuff in your brain for something to come out. You know what I mean? That's so true what you're saying. Yeah, Joey is the one guy I'd love to interview because I've spoken to Ross the Boss. Um, I'd love to have a chat to Joey just to pick his brain about what the band's philosophy's been through the years because I know they've got their, their shit they're going through at the moment with bloody Carl being a you know, stuff that he's been yeah. you know, being pinged for. Anybody can look that yeah. up. But um but I would love to because he does to be honest, he doesn't have the best rep, Joey. You know what I mean? I've I've spoken to plenty of people that think he's an asshole that have dealt with him. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think, I, wa I wonder, because they're still massively successful, which they were the one band through the 90s. Um, what was the album they released in 96? Return of the Warlord, I think it was. Or was that the song? Anyway, great song, yeah. if that's the name of the album, whatever. But they were the one band that just didn't give a shit, did they? They didn't care about the trends that were going on around them. And they did not bow if you like, they just kept on going and they're probably bigger now than they ever have been. Although they've never toured Australia. Well, like I just told you, man, Exciter was the same way too. We couldn't give a fuck who, what other people were doing and how they were doing it. And that whole heavy metal maniac album, everything was pinned in the red. Well, you can't mm. record that way. Well, it's not distorted. Fuck off. We, we did shit. We didn't give a fuck what anyone else was doing. Mm. And that's the way Joey is. It's like, fuck that, man. This is what we're doing. You can fucking follow. Mm. Hey, through, uh, but through, I'll through, tell you, I have a lot okay. of respect for Joey. And when you do finally interview him, uh, um, 
it's going to be great, man. He's, he's fucking awesome. Oh, I'd, I'd, look, I'd, I'd certainly go into it willing to form my own opinion. There's no two ways about it. I, I just think he's, um, yeah, I, I think in interviews he is very protective of Manowar, meaning that like when they when they switched in ninety-nine, sorry, two thousand and two or whatever, and started they released that. Oh, what was it? I can't. I'm shocking with album names, even though I owned them all. Well, I owned them all back then. Certainly, they're still around here somewhere. But um, they switched to a lot of classical music, which fans didn't like. Um, right. And and I remember thinking, um, oh, actually, I'm just getting a ping now from John asking me to get off. <laughs> I yeah. uh, I can keep talking, mate. God, you know how it is, um, mate. I'd, yeah, look, I can continue this discussion, but uh, look, if you got time afterwards, man, we can have a chat, but. Um, I better let the other person call through so they can have a chat to you as well. Okay. Actually, I'm going to have to, tonight, I can't chat to anybody because after the next call, I have to go. But um, well, look, are I'll, you coming out the to show. the show? I'll be at the show for sure. Awesome. And um, I'll make sure that I'll tell you up. some Joey DeMaio stories at the show. I have some really good <laughs> ones that I'm going to put in my book. Yes. And uh, he's a fucking class guy, man. I have so much respect for him. That's cool, man. I'm really glad to get the opposite opinion from what I've heard, actually. So that's cool, man. I'm glad that you're writing a book, mate. So I'll let you go, but I look forward to catching up at the shows in Brisbane. Thanks, man. Thanks. I really appreciate it. No I'm looking bro. forward to meeting you. And it was great chatting you from the musician side, too, because uh, you get sure. it. You know exactly what, what I was saying. Awesome, man. That's, that's so good, man. Please keep on doing what you're doing. You've been an inspiration for a very long time, and I want you to know that. Thanks, buddy. No worries, brother. All right, talk to you soon. Talk to you later, man. For Bye. sure. Catch ya. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that interview subject was the very excellent Dan Beeler from the Canadian speed metal thrash superstars, Exciter. Thanks for listening.